Welcome to When the Right One Comes, emanating from groundbreaking uh, studios. Um, I'm so glad to be here today, and today is going to be a special show. I'm so excited. I'm going to let you know in just one minute. Just, just hold on. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to like, you know, the thumbs up, like, and share. Like and share so the algorithm can, can, can go. I need you to find somebody because when I tell you the next two weeks are going to be powerful, I have my brother here. Again, I uh, want you to support. You know, I'm asking those, especially in the new year, to just give a $20 donation to a month to what we're doing with our uh, channel, what we're doing at Groundbreaking. Be a partner. And uh, we're going to tell you more about that. But again, welcome to When the Right One Comes. Thank all of you who have been supporting, those of you that watch on a weekly basis. I am uh, excited because I, I call him a brother. His dad um, was like a father to me. I had the honor, and, and I've never really shared this. Every time I would go, I'd be so excited to preach for him and nervous at the same time because such a legend uh, his father uh, was and uh, love his mom, uh, his brother, and uh, you you know him all over social media. He was actually doing this before me, and um, you call him R.C. Blakes. That's right. He's here today. Welcome, sir. Man, it's such a pleasure to be here with you, um, and just listening. You know, a li little bit nostalgic. Listening to you talk about you and the old man, you, because you and the old man had a, a relationship before you and I really connected. Absolutely. And he loved you like like a son. And just to have come all of these years together and to see the evolution of you. Yeah. Uh, when I'm trying to get a new generation of younger preachers to understand that change is mandatory. It is. And to sit here with you, my contemporary, and to see how God is, has taken you in this season of your life and given you a new season, it's amazing to see. This studio is fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, he don't just say things just to say it. Oh, sir. How's uh, Lisa? Lisa is absolutely fantastic. I wish she could have been with me. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, she got to hold the fort down. Yeah, well, thank you for being here, and uh, we're going to go right to it, because let me tell y'all, he don't know anything I'm going to ask him. He oh trusts God, me that I'm... much. He didn't ask for questions or nothing. I sure didn't. I should have. You, you should have. So I'm a little <laughs> liberal. He's a little conservative. We're going to see how this is going to go. Well, you know, you and I have disagreed before. We have disagreed yeah, before. we disagreed before. We have disagreed. So I, let, let's talk about it, and I brought Lisa up for a reason, Um I want to ask you, what led you, and how, first of all, how long have you been talking about relationship, and what led you to Queenology? Oh, wow. That's a long answer. Um, I've been talking about relationships for mm, 35 years. 35 really, years. Really, about 35 years. I was a single pastor that had gone through a spiritual transition. And, you know, just to be blunt and specific about it, God delivered me from whoremonging. That's the old King James biblical way of saying <laughs> I was a church player. I was a preaching church player. And you know, I could see that because you're so smooth. Well, you know, hey, it is what it is. 
<laughs> yes, so it is smooth. what it is. It is what it is. But God had delivered me from it, man. And um, long story short, um, I started teaching as a single pastor. I started teaching on family, manhood, and I saw how it impacted the families in my church, more specifically the men in my church. And my church started growing with me as a single pastor teaching about relationships. And I think the thing that made it work was that I was honest about all of my own personal failures. You know, it wasn't like I was trying to paint myself in this light that I was perfect. I was honest about all of the womanizing, what God had delivered me from, why things went the way they went. And so when people say, well, you can't teach on relationships if you don't have one, Personally, I know that that's a fallacy because I, I did not have a successful relationship at that time, but I taught from the place of my honest failures. And so it's been about 30 to 35 years. And what led me to Queenology was it was really a psychological kind of thing. My wife, that the whole world knows uh, I love and how much I love her, not only is she my wife, of 30 years, 29 years, but I've been faithful to her. Wow. This is the first woman in my life that I've ever been faithful to. Never had a desire to be faithful, never thought I would be faithful. First woman in my life, I believe, well, I won't say that. It might hurt somebody. <laughs> you know, you got you to yeah, check. Yeah, 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 Some yeah. things you can say will hurt people. Yeah. But this is the first woman in my life that I've ever been faithful to. And she had been broken, man. My wife was, is the um, victim of sexual abuse by her father and her uncles. She's been on her own since she was a teenager. And so when I, when I fell in love with my wife and when I received my wife into my life as my wife, I didn't know what I was taking on, but I was taking on the responsibility of stewarding a broken woman. And so God was really setting me up for um, the ministry that she and I both have today called Queenology, where it's based on the restoration of the, the woman's soul. This is a generation of broken women. So all of that started with me in terms of helping my wife, you know, um, stewarding my wife's heart. And then I started seeing years later where women were drawn to me. It's because I have the, the natural energy of a father and a safe, safe man. Yeah. So yeah. Safe, I become a safe place for women all around the world. But all of that started in, in the way I had to love and lead my wife. Who was broken. Who was broken. When you all got together. When we got together. Let, let me, let me, and I'm going to divert from the question for a minute, because I talked just as you do. I'm sure your your DMs is full of questions and paragraphs people want to know. Books. And, yeah. And, <laughs> and I tell them, I say, just give me one question. Yeah. So when you talk about your wife was broken already, there are many women that say, I'm not going to date until I heal. And I put a video out um, talking about that, that there are some men, and you can tell me whether you agree, that have the capacity Correct. to walk the journey out of healing with that woman. 
Correct. Do you agree with that? I absolutely agree with that. Um, because before I was a romantic interest of my wife, I was a pastor. You were her pastor? Yeah. I was okay. A, I actually pastored my wife. I baptized my wife. And and so that's where our relationship started. It started from me being in, in a position of um, her pastor, a spiritual father, which I was too young to be considered a spiritual right. father. But, you know, her pastor and a voice of wisdom and uh, a safe man. And so um, I absolutely agree. I think every woman, because healing, you know, and you tell me if you agree, but healing is a lifelong process. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's still things I'm healing from. There are yeah. things I wake up and I realize that I have these psychological locks based on yeah. things from my past. And just like I've been a conduit through which God has ushered healing into my wife's life, she's done and she does the very same thing for me. But I think women, and I don't mean to shift the conversation. No, you good. Go I think women have to go deeper in terms of what they're looking for in a man. Yeah. You know, as long as you stuck on this six feet, six feet. We're going to get there. You're going to, yeah, we're okay. going to get there. Okay. We gonna, you, we, trust me, we're going to get yes, there. Yes, sir. So, so. My my thing I want I want to point out because I want this to be a teaching moment. I do a lot of podcasts and we we have fun, but I want this to be a teaching moment too. Ladies, you do not have to wait for because you may be waiting a long time for complete healing. Correct. But do you agree? You have to find no pun intended the right one that can walk that journey out with you. Absolutely. I think you have to find <clears throat> the man that really loves you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when a man really loves you, there's no greater honor in that, in that man's life than to help you. And so for me, the process of, of walking my wife through, you know, her journey into a place of security, stability, uh, self-esteem, confidence, was an honor. So many women want to bring a complete package to the table when the reality is you just got to get to a point as a woman where uh, you're doing your own personal work and you pray for God to give you a man that's going to love you right where you are. If you don't change one, you know, millimeter, he's going to love you right where you are, but he's going to undergird your process and push you forward. I think every woman needs that kind of man. So the right one, either way. Let Go me ahead. add this. Mm -hmm. Because the brokenness of most women, mm -hmm. most of the brokenness of, of women, should I say, is due to some breakdown in a relationship with a man. Absolutely. Either father wasn't there, her, her husband or her man did her bad. And so the, uh, the culmination of that healing happens when she gets a man in her life that uh, models the exact opposite of what the wrong man did. And so there are a lot of women who are doing your, doing your work, you're in therapy, you're praying, you're on your journey, you're self-aware, but you're not going to realize you're not really going to come into the ultimate until you find a man that walks in your life uh, in a fashion that models the opposite of the men that broke you. 
And you have <clears throat> to choose differently. Choose differently. Because in my own life, that's been my biggest issue. Choices. Choices. Mine too. Yeah, choices. Well, you know, you. I guess I can say it. We were on the Dear Future Wifey podcast, and she threw out there. I had never heard that before, <laughs> that I wasn't her type. Yeah. She threw that out there. Did she really? Oh, my God. I'm looking at this woman. I'm saying, wow. And you never knew that I before. never knew it. <laughs> but you know, your boy is secure. I ain't care nothing about that. But my point- 30 my, years later. Yeah. My point <laughs> is, 30 years later, my point is, um, Lisa's different than any woman I ever chose. Mm. This was, and watch this. I tried to get rid of Lisa. I said, okay, I don't think I'm going to get married. We've been dating for some years. I said, I don't think I'm going to get married. And it wasn't because I wanted another woman. I was at this point where I was on this um, abstinence journey. And I just literally thought I was going to be an abstinent, single pastor for the rest of my life. I had tried relationships. They didn't work. And I loved Lisa, so I didn't want to fail with Lisa because I loved her too much. And so I said to her, I don't think I want to get married. And she moved on. You know, she actually, she actually left and um, got a new boyfriend and everything, man. You know, I was a little broke preacher. I tell this story everywhere. I a little overweight broke preacher. And she went and got a big league baseball player, not even a little minor leaguer I could laugh at. Big league, multimillionaire. <clears throat> and Doc, I'm doing my thing. And one day I happened up at my mom's house and um, mom asked me the question. She said, where's Lisa? I said, well, you know, I don't think we're going to work out. I, I told her to go on. <clears throat> Excuse me. And my mom said, boy, you're not designed to be no single pastor. You're fooling yourself. And that girl is your wife. And... Uh, and it shook me because my mom never, mm -hmm. never was, and she never got involved in my relationship choices. And I left and I asked Holy Spirit, I said, is she my wife? Holy Spirit said, yeah, she is your wife. And so now I'm faced with this, this choice of, here I'm a little broke, underachieving, overweight preacher. I got to call this girl who's with a successful Holy Spirit said she's your wife, but she's with somebody else. She's with somebody else? Don't he have a sense of humor? He has a sense of humor. <laughs> but I did that. Yeah. You know, if I did that. And so now I'm like, okay, well, I got to call this girl and tell her she's my wife. You know, you know how, how does she feel about it? Well, you know, <clears throat> chances are not likely that a woman going to leave a millionaire coming back to a little broke preacher. And so I said to her, I got on the phone. I said, you know, I've been praying and, and I really feel like this is about a year and a half later now. She's been away from me that long. I said, I've been praying and I, I, I really feel like you're my wife and I want you to pray about it. And she said, I feel that. I'm, okay. Wow. So, you know, I'm saying that and I don't mean to, I don't mean to, to steer the conversation. No, because I was going to talk about the marriage next, so you good. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you good. No, well, no I'm saying, yeah, you right where I want you to be. You know, it's, it's to the thing where when you allow God to do his job in the relational process, before Lisa, every woman I had, I chose. Mm -hmm. Lisa's the first woman that I prayed about that I actually heard God say, 
this is your wife. Now, had I had women that could have been great wives? Absolutely, I had. I think I, you know, I, I hurt today behind some of the women that I just was not mature enough to handle yeah, properly. Absolutely. It really grieves me. Absolutely. <clears throat> but Lisa was first woman I prayed about, and Holy Spirit said, yeah. Yeah. First woman. So let me let me stop there. Did you did you did you have to cuz you you mentioned earlier about change that you can get with somebody that you don't have to change or you can make the adjustments. Did you all have to make any major changes to your character, to your personality? I I know you you grow and you adjust. Correct. But I believe that when Holy Spirit speaks, <clears throat> it's adjustments, but not have to completely change somebody. No, we fit. Yeah, you know what I'm that's saying? what I'm getting we to. We yeah. really fit. Yeah, because you know, it's, it's women out here trying to change men. No, you, any man, I believe this, any man that you have to change, or any woman for that matter, that you have to fundamentally mm -hmm. change, um, is not your person. Absolutely. You know, like this studio is amazing. And, you know, to see all of the, the, the sets, the colors, the decor, the, the creativity, amazing. But you didn't have to come in and redo the foundation. No. You no. would have passed on this deal yeah. if the foundation had yeah. to be torn. If the foundation has to be torn up, you're destroying the whole thing. Absolutely. And so I think there's some foundational characteristics that has to be in a person that makes them work for you. One of the things, for instance, with my wife that works for me is that... Um, She's not a jealous woman. Mm -hmm. And so she never had an issue with me being around other women. I'm a pastor. Yeah, not only that, you're speaking to, if you're like me, the majority of your, your crowd. 90%. Me too. Female. Female. And so one of the things that made me know that she would work for me was that she never was a woman that was, you know, going through my phone and over my shoulder and who is that who were you I've never had those conversations with my wife and that's one of the things I need if if you don't trust me it's not going to work another thing that works for me and worked you know that I think became foundational for our relationship was that um we're very private people I'm not you know she, she's not going to take our business and I'm a very private person, sexually, on the same frequency. Mm -hmm. And as, as a woman, she's always been able to adjust to me. When I was younger, I was wild. <laughs> and she was able to get jiggy with it. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm older, I'm a lot less wild. Mm -hmm. and, and, and she's able to adjust. And she's able to adjust. So if you got to change a person, spiritually, we're on the same page, you know? Financially, on the same page, if you have to change a person in fundamental ways, that's probably not your person. You, you know, if, if I'm going to say, I wouldn't advise you to say I do to any woman that in the back of your mind, you're standing at that altar saying, well, in six months, I'm going to change this about her. You have, to be, you have to know that you can do life with the very person that you say I do with in the, the way moment. they are, the way they are. Yeah. If nothing else changes about them, you have to know I'm able to do life with this woman 
if nothing fundamentally changes? This would be at the top five questions and scenarios, what we're talking about right now, because a lot of men and women get in relationships and think they're going to change their person. They like the outer appearance, but they don't necessarily like the inner. So they're trying to change their character, their personality. And so y'all heard us. I hope y'all listening. You take your notes. So I, I want to I talk about the aspect that you said that you've never stepped out, that she's... She's know, it. She's it. You said you used to be a hoe. I'm saying it. I'm saying the modern way. I ain't saying King well, James. You, 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 <laughs> I'm Detroit. You liberal. You liberal. You liberal. But it's true. So, what clicked in your mind? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I, I've been doing this for a little while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good question. You I've been doing this for a lot. That's a good question. I've been doing this for a little while. That's a good question. Um, what clicked in your mind to say that I'm not going to do this here because... We've talked on my on my show on Clubhouse many times. Once a hoe, always a hoe. Once a cheater, always a cheater. And I don't believe that. No, I and we cannot believe that. Being Mm-mm. Mm-mm. who we spirit, are, being who we are. So what what <clears throat> went off? What was the intentionality that I'm not going to do this? I'm not going to be this person with her. Um, watch this. It it's really not about her mm. me being a faithful husband is it it's not about her mm. this started when god brought me on that journey of abstinence when holy spirit arrested me said hey man this is the first thing god did he gave me a vision of where he wanted to bring me god showed me much of what my life looks like now and what it's going to evolve into he said but i can't bring you to live in the way you're living you're irresponsible talking about you know just um my sexual immorality and you know we don't consider whoremonging sexual immorality it's only homosexuality mm-hmm. but all these preachers sleep with all these women and and you know that's him that's sexual immorality yeah. and so it was the vision that steered me to change my life because god said to me i can't bring you here living like you're living it was the vision that steered me into abstinence and then on the way, God says, okay, now you need your wife, Lisa. So Lisa fit into a process that had already started in me as an individual. And one of the things I teach men is that, well, men and women for, for that matter, the beginnings of a man learning and growing to be a faithful husband is getting control of his sexual desires and appetite appetites as a single. Abstinence is training for faithfulness. If a man has no concern with being abstinent as a single, he's not developing the muscles to be faithful. The discipline. The discipline mm-hmm. as a husband. So when I called Lisa and said, hey, I prayed about this, you're my wife, I was already a different man. And so when I accepted her into my life, she was being introduced to a whole version of R.C. Blake's. Already. Already. So it wasn't for her. No, it wasn't for her. Because I thought Mm -hmm. that I was going to be an abstinent man of God, pastor, 
for the rest of my life. That's yeah. how I thought I was. I never left Lisa for another woman. I had, I've never had eyes for another woman. Because, you know, we do a lot of things for that person. Correct. And if it's not, you know, when I was married to Pastor Kim for 20 years, I didn't lose weight until after. And I did it because I got a bad report from the doctor about diabetes, and I, I, had, I was able to overcome it. And then she looked at me later because, you know, we still friends. She's like, boy, why couldn't you do that when <laughs> I told you? <laughs> now look at you. Somebody Correct. else go. <laughs> yeah, that's how Correct. we talk. And so I'm like, and it, it came, to, came to my mind that you can't do it for somebody you else. You can't do it for someone. That's why we can't change. That's why we can't look yeah. to change. They can't do it for you and you can't do it for them. No. So. This was late on, but I'm going to bring this up because this is really flowing. Like, cheating. Um, so you're telling me all men don't cheat. Wait, wait. Say that question again. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, because you say you don't, you, 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 you're faithful to your wife. Oh, all men there don't. are faithful men. I don't cheat. But there, you, there are others. That there are, faithful. are faithful men. Yeah, but you're not the only man in the world that don't cheat. I'm, I'm yeah. sure I'm not. Yeah. But I'm saying. I'm the only one I can speak for. Yeah, I know. But I, I don't cheat. I don't cheat. <laughs> right. And, and so it's possible because, you know, again, I have a, a show Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I hear all kinds. Most women think that all men cheat. No, that's, that's not true. Uh, when a man grows up, does a man have the potential to cheat? No, I say that all the time. Absolutely. I think every man yeah. has the potential. I also think every woman has the potential. Absolutely. Every they woman leave themselves out, put every, in the right absolutely situation. Absolutely. Every woman has the potential to cheat. Every person has the potential yeah. to cheat. That's why you got to know who you're connecting to. You got to know where they are. When a person has evolved and grown to a certain place, they, they've grown beyond that. I've, I've grown so far beyond that. Um, no, I, I don't cheat personally. So I talked about this in a video. Is it possible to prevent a man from cheating? Mm -mm. I don't think a woman, a can. woman can make sure that he's mm -mm. fed at home sexually, mm -mm. can do all the right things and he still will cheat. Man, let me tell you something. I'm just asking. Most women that are great wives or women to men have men that are cheating. They got brother got everything at home he could Absolutely. possibly ask for and she's feeling like because nobody we don't have these conversations in the church especially nobody's really taught her how the dynamics of relationships work she feels like because she's giving him everything you know she's supposed to give him this is supposed to prevent him from cheating if a man has not done his personal work internally He's, he's gone to 99% of the time fail in terms of showing up as so a husband. So this is why most women say, what did I do? I and did everything right here. <laughs> women say that, mm -hmm. and when the man gets caught, he says, but I love you. Right. And women say, that's a load of, he actually does. He does. We had this conversation. He does. And <clears throat> most of the women, excuse me, most women say it's, it's impossible for him to love. And I argue this now. It's impossible for somebody to cheat on you. How do you love me? I said, no, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. What's love got to do with it? Come on. It's not impossible. Go ahead. It's, it's not impossible. And I think so many women um, are broken at that point when they've poured into us 
and brothers say, why are you always talking to the women? It's because we've done so much damage to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's why I always talk to the oh, women. Oh, you get that too? Yeah, I get it all the time. Yeah. We've done so much damage to them. And the woman is trying to figure out how is it that I've given this man everything and this brother still goes out on me. It leaves a void in her soul like nothing mm -hmm. we can imagine. Mm -hmm. and, and so many women that are watching us are, you know, their self-esteem has been drained because they gave a man everything and he still cheated. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the internals of that brother. And sometimes it messes them up for life. Well, what I've come to, to learn, you know, relative to women, is that once they go through these cycles of having bad, well, let's not even call the brothers bad, um, immature men that don't know how to manage them properly, don't know how to love them properly. Once they've gone through cycles of those kinds of uh, toxic and traumatic relationships, it breaks them. And, but yet they still have a desire, as Genesis said, says, they have a desire for a man. But now they have all of these stipulations and they have all of these boundaries that they apply many times to the right one. Yep, they ruled them out with rules. They, like they allowed they, they the ruled. wrong one yep. to deplete them. Yep. And when the right one shows up, See, I got him to conform to when the right one comes. See, I, well, hey, I understand your brand. I understand your brand. I understand your brand. Talking about the one. Yeah. When Put the, that right in there. When the, when the right when one the comes. When the right one comes. You know, yeah. they don't know how to submit. I, they come with all these rules. And I say, sometimes you rule out the man rule with all the, these rules. You rule the man out. And this is where it requires the woman to pull away from the relational process, find you a great therapist, Find you a man of God, a woman of God that can really pour into your life and, you know, pull away and, and, and allow that stuff to purge out of you and to heal, you know, from the inside out. Let's talk about the culture, the generation. Why, why are less Ooh. people getting married? Wow. There's a lot of answers to that. Yeah. Well, we we here. I told you. I got, I got you. Why? 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 Mm. Um, and then... I don't know if you saw this study, CNN did, um, less people are getting married, but more men are depressed from being single. Did you see that? I did not. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to, I'd yeah, like to I'll have send that it information, to you. though. Yeah. Uh, single men are depressed, not just during the holidays, just period, because they're single. But why less marriage, why less commitment? Because mm. marriage is commitment, even as relates to relationships. You know, I'm, tr I'm pondering my answer to this because it's so multifaceted. Um, I think hookup culture mm. has, you know, women especially like to talk about the pool. But I think hookup culture has poisoned the pool. And, and I think, um, you know, because our grandmothers would say, why buy the cow? Mm-hmm when you can get the milk for free. Um, I think a traumatized generation of women that um, don't really see their value and offer themselves sexually, freely sexually to men, 
that probably don't even deserve a conversation has played a role in this. I think the toxic sisterhood, there has to be accountability on the woman's side as well as on the men. But I think the toxic sisterhood that promotes this, let's go to the club, let's hook up with a man, you know, kind of stuff um, plays into it. I think the toxic sisterhood that counsels a woman against handling a good man properly plays Women are toxic. You keep using that. They say the men are toxic. Well, women are toxic, too. Women women are toxic, too. Uh, Men are toxic you know, pretty much as individuals. The toxicity of of women usually comes to bear when you put them, when you lock all of them that are on the same level in a car and they're counseling one another. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, we gonna get some, we gonna get. (laughs) Wow, and and we've lost the church mothers. Yeah. We've lost the the women that- I don't know about you, that's who raised me. The the mothers and the deacons and the preachers on Saturday at the barbecues and the cake. Correct, we've lost that. We've lost the church fathers. The pastor's not what he used to be anymore. So there's, uh, there has to be a, there has to be a, a diluting of the quality of relational connection when What feeds true womanhood and true manhood is so diminished. We don't have fathers in the homes anymore. We don't see examples of great men in the church anymore. We no longer have, and I'm speaking from the black perspective, Mm -hmm. we no longer have the community anymore where we can see Mr. So-and-so down the street. Uh, We've lost um, the village, the village. Mm -hmm. Nobody corrects us anymore. There was a time when you would be corrected by your parents. You'd be corrected by the neighbor, grandma, grandpa. We don't have that anymore. And so we're not becoming fully developed men. Physically, we are, but mentally and spiritually, we're not. We're not becoming fully developed women. So if you don't have a full grown man and a full grown woman, there's going to be a breakdown in this thing called marriage. God didn't bring the two together until he had completed Adam and completed Eve. And then he brought them and introduced them to one another. So we, we have, we have, uh, we're suffering from arrested development. What about women now are making more than they ever made? They can, they can, hmm. <laughs> they buy their own houses. Mm-hmm. They're driving nice cars. Mm-hmm. They should. They're flying themselves out. They, they flew themselves they fl- out. Yeah, they flew themselves out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they 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 getting on planes like you're talking about them cars together. Correct. And, and they can enjoy themselves. Uh, you know, I'm liberal. Yes, I'm sir. I'm going to go a little step further. Go ahead. They buying roses. Who they buying them for? <laughs> themselves. Hey. You know hey. Rose hey. 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 <laughs> Buy your roses. <laughs> I ain't talking about roses. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you need some more coffee. <laughs> no, I'm doing good. They they don't they I mean they like what I need a man for. They say they 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 they're saying I don't need a man, but I want one. I don't need a man. I can do all this for myself. They're making six figures. Well, I mean, I think that's a that's a very narrow perspective on life. To feel like, because you, and, and, and I, I celebrate the boss chick 
And I say to me, but you've heard this, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, I've heard okay, it, and okay. I've I've given my opinion on okay. it. I celebrate the boss chick, and I say to men that come to me, they oh, what about this boss chick culture. Number one, there's nothing wrong with it. Number two, we created the boss chick mm-hmm. because we stopped showing up in all of those different ways in terms of our relationships and in society. The boss chick is a product of necessity. Women had to figure out how to do these things for themselves. Now, because you can buy your house, buy your car, fly yourself out, buy yourself roses, does not mean you don't need a man. There's a, there's a, watch this. The main thing I need from my wife is her feminine energy. There's something about me as a man whose dominant energy is masculine. You do know they're masculine too, though. Who? The women. Absolutely they are. Oh, okay. But there's something about me as a masculine man whose dominant energy is masculine that needs the presence of that feminine woman. I don't care how much money you got. There's something about you as a feminine woman whose dominant energy is feminine, if that's your dominant energy, that benefits from the presence of a masculine man. Is this hurt and brokenness that's talking? Absolutely. Yes. I think it's hurt and brokenness. I think it's uh, the fear of articulating your desire, your true desire for fear that it won't happen. So you 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 are absolutely you 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 you're watering it down absolutely you're shrinking it so that you you can stay within the realm or the parameters of uh, what you know a place that you know you'll never be disappointed. But I think every woman needs to have a man that exclusively loves her, that caters to her, that protects her, that thinks about her, that talks about her that he sees her as the epitome of womanhood. Every woman, I don't care how much money you got. All the money in the world can't pay for a man that looks you in your eye, that you can respect, a man that honors you, and you know this man puts you on a pedestal, and this man loves you above all others. Every woman needs that. Let me, let me, let me go here since we're here. Um. I had a video that went viral. Not the one. Not, not that one. I'm not gonna mention it. I'm not. I'm not gonna give you. Oh, a I'm, I'm, I'm good. Not, not that one. Fifty-fifty. Uh, since we since we talking mm. about. That. Mm. <laughs> Why do you sound just like Dome? I just. It's just. I just. I don't, I don't understand where that conversation comes from. It's the, and it's and it goes pregnant. back to what I just said. Mm-hmm. We That's are not raising did. men. Yeah. For us to even have this this conversation. It was not even an option. It wasn't even an option. It wasn't even an option. And and here's what they give me, and I'm gonna give it to you. Cause a lot of this stuff is what I get, and I just I'm I'm handing it to you. Just to make sure you I'm get me I'm in saying, trouble. Just make sure I'm saying. They're saying that this is not our granddaddy and our daddy's generation. Stuff is higher now. Stuff costs more. Uh it's 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 impossible to to live in in a so, so then I throw back at them. Then live within your means until you get there. Can I give you my real life example of this? Mm-hmm. When Lisa and I got married, she was 
well, she is an RN. She was making twice the money that I made. Mm-hmm. Right? You know the man that raised me, so mm-hmm. you know what kind of mindset. I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a classical man, you know, mm-hmm. from my very soul. She's making twice the money I made. But yet, I knew that I had to show up in this woman's life and be the man. It wasn't no 50-50. I never told my wife, well, you're going to go half on this and I'm going to go half on that. You know what we did? Mm. We adjusted our lifestyle what I'm talking about. to fit my budget. Mm-hmm. Her money was able to go into savings, debt elimination, but that's what we They did. ain't doing that nowadays. Well, they ain't fitting into nothing. No. You got to come with 100000 Let me tell you. You see all these foolish videos out here? You got to come with, because people send them, you like sending me. You got to come with 100000 at least. You got to come with all this. They don't, they don't want to work toward it nowadays. They want to they meet a man that's already there. And we do know that the percentage of men that's already there. You are never get a husband if you're waiting on that guy to if show. you're waiting on that guy to, and then those <clears throat> men that do have have the, what you want they have so many options absolutely and if you already got their woman already and absolutely and watch this while the focus in this generation is you know and i'm gonna tell you man i the way you and i think and and you're much more conservative than your 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 visible image mm-hmm. might mm-hmm. imply. Mm-hmm. The way you and I think sometimes, I, I wonder if my voice is even. Do I need to even keep doing this? Because some of the stuff they're coming up with is just it's it's baffling to me. Mm-hmm. You know. To think that the restaurant first date list, uh, list we're gonna get more into that in the other show, but yeah, all of this, yeah. Go and ahead. When you look at the the women that's asking for these men, they have not done the work themselves. My, the, so you said you've been at this thirty five years. I I went I started this after my divorce almost fifteen years ago now, and my first post was in order to find the right one, you have to become the right one. Correct. It's what you had done before Lisa. We're going back to that. Correct. You become. And I believe when you increase your value, you increase increase your reach. That's what that's what uh uh Ruth did in order to get Boaz. She she prepared. Correct. She prepared herself so that she could go to the field. And I just don't think that we understand that you gotta do the work in order to draw what you want. And then it's still, it's still a small percentage. That you're pulling from. Well, here's here's what I was I was trying to get to, and it was it slipped. No, my go ahead. Mind. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, everybody trying to find the high value man, you know, or the high value woman, but more specifically, the woman looking for the high value man. Well, Lisa made more money than I made. I just told you a few minutes. Kim ago, did too. Yeah. I just told you a few minutes ago that she was with a man that was a millionaire. Left a man to come and build with me. That, that word build seems to be a trigger for a lot of women. It is. Um, but she knew my vision. She knew my grind. And rather than, you know, me being the high value man, 
the two of us became the high value couple. That's no, that's not even an option for a lot of these people. There's a man that has everything it takes. All he needs is your help and partnership. And the two of you can do more together than either of you can do separately and apart. Yeah. We, we're going to stop there. We're coming back for a second week. We're going to talk about dating. Here's one thing that I really want to ask him next week. Why do women stay so long with a man and they know it's never going anywhere? They never even ask him. Hmm. <laughs> We're coming back. Make sure that you're following. Uh, give us your give us your information to follow you. Not not that you need any. You know. Oh, you ought to be shaming yourself. <laughs> <laughs> not that y'all hear just saying. I want y'all to follow me at um, follow me at um, on YouTube RC Blakes, and I have two channels. I have one where I put all of my church stuff. That's Bishop R.C. Mm -hmm. Blakes. And I have one where I, I do all of my relationship empowerment kind of uh, discussions. And that's that will be R.C. Blakes. And, of course, my website is rcblakes.com. Queenology next year? Oh, yes. Queenology well, 2024. is happening yeah. in, in Atlanta, Georgia in 2024. Uh, I think it's August uh, 23rd through 26th. Uh, you can go to queenology.net to register. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. I watched. I, I was when you headed when you headed in 2023. I was going through the every time y'all post. I said, "Oh, okay." Oh. It was amazing. Man. It was. I hadn't done it in yeah. years. Oh, really? I hadn't done it in years. Okay, we hadn't had a physical meeting like that in years. Y'all make sure you register. Make sure you're following the channel. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to the channel. And those of you that would tuck in a donation, I said this, uh, and you'll understand this. You will really understand this. I raised millions of dollars sure did. for other networks. All of them. I've been on all of them. Millions of dollars. And and I don't say this much on here. The Holy Spirit said to me, you did it for them. You can do it for yourself. So those you. of you that would donate. Can I say something? Yeah, yeah, Relative yeah. to that? Mm -hmm. um, you know, Greg Davis, I don't know if I'm supposed to call you Bishop Greg Davis or Greg. You, know. you call me bro. <laughs> yeah, because you know me, I'm R.C. Blakes. So I don't care yeah, nothing about care all about these. That. But, but Greg is a part of our community. And when I walk through this studio and I see what he has done and the donations that come from our community, I want you, I don't want you to just sit and, and hear and enjoy and learn from what um, Greg is depositing into our lives on a weekly, sometimes I guess daily basis if you're following him, following him on, um, what is it, the, the, the talk out? Instagram. The Instagram. Oh, and Clubhouse. Every Clubhouse, day. yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't want you to take it for granted. I want you to seriously, whatever means... I want you to find a way to sow into what he's doing because, you know, as I walk through here, I can see so many young influencers getting opportunities in this studio that they would never get in some of these other studios. Yeah. And so God has really raised you up as, as a bridge. You know, you're, I really see you ushering people into their future. You're a model of what can happen. 
And uh, now God has put in your hands the, the resources to help a lot of people who only have a dream. But we have to support you. And Thank I'm you. going to support you. Thank you so much. Financially. Thank you. I appreciate it. We'll be back next week with the second part of Bishop Bishop R.C. Blake's. R.C. <sighs> Blake's job. We'll see you when the right one comes. Peace. Go with God.